Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, and I'm back in the basement along with my co-host and teenage son, Jackson. Say hello, Jack. Hi, I'm feeling great. Yeah, he is fighting a cold this weekend, unfortunately. But we did watch last night's AEW Full Gear. and had to. It was quite a show, so we thought we would get down here today and talk about it for a little bit. Yep. Post it as like a bonus episode. So thank you for joining us. If you're not aware of us, if you just stumbled across us somehow, we normally do a podcast every Saturday where we talk about NXT, AEW Dynamite, Impact Wrestling, some wrestling trivia, some wrestling figure updates, some news and rumors, and whatever else we feel like talking about. We're up to, it'll be episode 70 coming up this week, so we'd appreciate any extra listens if you'd like to check that out. If you'd like to contact us, it's fnswrestling at gmail.com, fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram, or you can leave a comment in the YouTubes, and I will get back to anybody that reaches out to us. What were you gesturing to me during that? I have no idea what you were saying. TP. Your nose is running? Yes. Signaling me and pointing at things as I'm doing the intro. But I powered through it. Look at that perseverance. Excellent. If that's what we're calling it. (laughs) Well, do you have any updates since we were down here yesterday for the... For the listeners, our legions uh, and legions of I listeners. I watched Spider-Man 2. Oh, yeah, you're working your way through because... That the... was good, Yeah, actually. I, I, I really like that. Uh, the first Spider-Man was okay. Yep. I think Tobey Maguire kind of sucks, actually. Wow. Uh, people are just... They rave about him, and then I'm just like, no. No. Uh, and then Spider-Man 3, people always say that one's, like, not good because they crammed three villains into one. Right. Although it's also kind of Harry Osborn's redemption arc, and I actually thought that movie was pretty good, too. And then I'm going to start... Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man tomorrow, aka Tasm. Because you're trying to get them Andy all Garfield. done before the new one. Yeah, or at least before the trailer, because I think the uh, previous two Spider-Man, which is Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire, will be in the the like the first official trailer for the movie, because we only have a teaser, nice. which will be on Tuesday. So I'm gonna watch all the movies I've already seen, because it's it's weird. Only the first Spider-Man movies for both of the different old ones are on Netflix. Right. So then I had to find the other ones on. A website nice nefarious means yes th- sometimes the end justify the means <laughs> sometimes yeah well i guess we should wrap up superhero talk and move into talking about some wrestling which is aew's full gear from 2021 So uh, you did not check out the pre-show, right? You were doing other things? No. I, I think I was actually watching Spider-Man 2. I, I only watched the match that was on it, which was Sheeta and Thunder Rosa taking on Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose. So I thought... I assume they also had an exciting kickoff panel, right? I don't even remember. <laughs> I didn't see. I'm sure they did. But this match, I thought it was a pretty fun match. I didn't really write down any highlights. I did for all the other matches, but I was just getting warmed up for this one. It was pretty entertaining. Like... Nothing amazing, but a, a fun enough um, pre-show match. I didn't really love the finish. It was basically Sheeta rolling up Nyla Rose for the for the win, which wasn't. I was hoping Sheeta would be booked a little stronger, but I guess she picked up the pin over Nyla Rose, so that's not nothing, as they say. Right. But yeah, I thought it was like a you know a decent match on a pre-show. Nothing exceptional, but I don't really expect that on a pre-show anyway. So I thought it was fine. Right. Then we get to the show proper and what did you think did you want to talk about the set or anything like that that um, you liked I thought didn't the set like was pretty good they t- they tend to do the same like full gear does is one of the ones where they do a different one right compared to dynamite but i wish that i don't know they would change it up more or like i wish maybe rampage and dynamite different sets or like 
um, Double or Nothing usually has the same set as the Dynamite. Right. But then they just add, like, the poker tips or whatnot. Uh, but this one was cool. They had, like, two Titantrons on either side. Then they had, like, a a vertical rectangular Tron in the middle. And then they had, like, the scaffolding with gears on it. And then those acted as the heel face tunnels, which is pretty cool. And yeah. then they had a bit of an LD- LED ramp. I wish it had gone to the ring apron but i think they usually do that for revolution yeah i thought it looked pretty cool as well so definitely just looked a little bit different the crowd was packed and hyped for the show obviously um so let's get into it the opener i was a little surprised by the choice of opener we're gonna get darby allen taking on mjf right definitely not what i would have uh predicted for the opener no and and we talked about it on our show the last couple weeks this is for some reason because i like both of these talents but I just wasn't super hyped for this match for some reason. The build for it just didn't connect with me a little bit better this last week. I kind of got into it a little bit, but um, not one of the matches I was really looking forward to on this show, but sometimes that leads you to being pleasantly surprised, right? So let's see what happened here. Um, I I didn't go move for move, just some kind of highlights for each of the matches and things that were of interest as we go through. Right. Um, So I really got into this match even just after the first few minutes because there was lots of action to basically a stalemate, right? And I think it was MJF's kind of sitting in the corner and Allen's across the ring. And they sort of just take a minute to let the crowd, because they're already into this match as well. So just sort of lets the crowd acknowledge well, each really of them. Because everyone really loves Darby and yes. everyone hates, hates MJF. Yeah. So that's part of this dynamic, right? It was a right? perfect storm. Yep, you have such a strong heel and then a baby face the crowd loves. So the crowd is sort of showering them with appreciation after just a couple minutes here. Uh, then some highlights a little bit later, there was an awesome suicide dive by Darby Allen, and I am very critical of suicide dives. A lot of them don't look good, and everybody does them, but his is just crazy fast, and the impact looked awesome, and the camera angle, it was kind of like, I think it was behind MJF, and sort of you just suddenly see Darby Allen coming at you, right, and it looked really cool. Then there was Darby misses a coffin drop, lands on the apron that looked kind of painful. Then there was just a repeated attack on Darby Allen's back, right, by MJF, including like backbreakers and things that where he's selling his own knee after hitting the backbreaker so hard funny i thought that was a nice touch and he's he kind of sells that knee throughout after that right uh mjf has a top rope pile driver countered by allen into a cutter uh you have mjf then counters a code red into a really nice power bomb that i thought was cool there was a tombstone by mjf on the apron that looked nice um then in a nice callback to the exact opposite counter before, we have a power bomb from MJF is countered by Allen into a code red, which I thought was a, a cool thing to include because the reverse had just happened a few minutes before. We do get a coffin drop to MJF from the top rope onto the floor. MJF's lying on the floor below, so that was pretty cool. Then it's back in the ring and MJF gets his knees up on the coffin drop there. So Sting at makes an appearance here but it was limited so I I figured you'd be okay with that and basically he's just fighting Spears and Wardlow on the ramp to stop them from interfering. Why do they look stupid getting their asses kicked by an old man? Yeah I guess it didn't last too long though. Especially when one of them is big muscly boy. Right. Uh, MJF then tries to get Darby disqualified. He sort of grabs Darby's uh, skateboard from ringside, hands it to Darby and sort of begs him to hit him with it um, hoping to win by DQ obviously. But he does not take that opportunity. The referee gets the skateboard and goes to get rid of it. So as he's sort of dumping it through the ropes and obviously has his back turned to what's going on in the ring, sneaky MJF pulls the diamond ring out of his trunks, right? Because I would noticed a couple times he was adjusting his trunks early in the match. Like, what is he doing? But I guess that's what he was doing. 
and he so he uses the diamond ring to basically knock out Darby Allen, and then in what I thought was a really nice touch, right, he uses a side headlock takedown to get the three count and win this match. So that was sort of a callback, too, because didn't he say, like, I could beat you with just a headlock in and one of And he had been promos. doing that repeatedly in the match. Right. Um, so I honestly was pretty blown away by this match. I thought it was fantastic. It wasn't one that I was really looking forward to, as I said, but, I mean, I was into this right off the bat, and it was just, like just have a perfect heel you have an amazing baby face and just the storyline of he's trying to convince Darby Allen to just get disqualified right and he's also trying to force Allen at the same time to wrestle a technical match because he doesn't think that benefits him and then finally I guess it looks like he can't win any other way so he does the healy thing and cheats which completely made sense I like the finish of this I pretty much liked everything through this if I were going like a star rating this for me was like a four and a half star match and I'm I'm not easy to get a high mark from. I thought this match was fantastic. Yeah, I thought this was great. They definitely uh, benefited from that like superb he- face heel dynamic. And like, the crowd was just rabid for this as well. It the was... action was great too. I think they both like... I liked... Um, One of the moments I liked too was when... So after hitting a coffin drop to the outside, um, MJF did get the knees up on the coffin drop. Yes. And then it ended up applying to both of their injuries, right? With MJF's right. knee constantly aggravating him and then that also yep. really hurts Darby's back too so I thought that was really cool um I thought the finish was awesome yes. as well um it, it was really good yeah like better than it had any right to be I think it definitely is telling of like these guys are two of their the pillows these are the pillars and they gave them a ton of time like I didn't go well, back actually, actually they're the pillows of AEW okay. the pillows that's right yes, if they are I believe if you want to pull up and look up the match times I'm curious if while yeah. I'm talking because I this one felt <laughs> It got, I was going to say it felt long, but that's not it the did case. Kind of it feel felt long. like it got a lot of time, but it didn't feel long. I was right into it the whole time. Yeah. No, but I thought it, it was. It was great. Yeah. It was a match of the night contender. And two guys in Maybe their match 20s. Maybe a year contender, actually. Two guys. Yeah. It, it'd be. I could see it being like an honorable mention. I assume I'll like three or four matches better than this, but I, like this was a fantastic yeah, match. Yeah, but it depends on how many, how hard pressed we are, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, just two young guys who this company, in theory, should have for decades to sort of, this could be like an ongoing thing they can come back to as we go forward. But just a fantastic start to this show. We then go to what I thought might have been the opener, and that is uh, the tag team championship match between FTR and the Lucha Brothers. Any comments on anyone's ring gear, anything like that? Uh, The Lucha Brothers had like a camo, gold and camo gear, so that's pretty nice. Because Tribute to the Troops was today, I think. Yes. Uh, WWE thing, so I guess that's them doing the Tribute to the Troops. And then FTR had, like, different trunks, I think, but they still had the Mexico-US uh, right. knee pads. So that was cool. And Penta always looks cool. Yeah, and they, there was lots of speaking of tributes, lots of homages to Eddie Guerrero in this, which I found out it was assuming... 16 years to the day that he died. Okay, I yeah, that's what I was thinking, because there's like, a lot of this. I think there's another tribute in another match too oh yeah was there like... was it was all over the place in this show i felt like right. there were several so um this one was pretty much what you would expect i was really looking forward to this one two just of my favorite tag teams in a company that like loves and respects tag teams which is uh, refreshing right from some other companies we know so within this one we see an assisted cannonball by the Lucha Brothers to both of the FTR guys kind of stacked up in the corner. We get stereo submissions applied by the Lucha Brothers. I don't do you remember specifically what that was. They were kind of uh, piled on top of each other because you described it in the moment, but I didn't bother to write it down. I do not. It was a something with a something and a something, but I don't remember what it was. I think there was like a 
Camel Clutch and some other. Oh, right. Um, Wasn't it? Ah, uh, no, I forgot. Anyways, then there's early on some crazy rope walking stuff by Phoenix where they try and knock him off and then he kind of straddles the top rope, bounces off the second rope, back up to the top rope. Just stuff that people shouldn't be able to do as usual from him. A little bit later, Tully dis uh, causes a distraction and Penta gets pulled off the ropes and lands throat first across the top rope. We get a double catapult into the second rope by FTR to Penta that looked pretty painful. Rolling double cutter by Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix then does his standard move where he just runs across the top rope and kicks, like, punts Dax on the way by, which I'll never get tired of seeing. Yeah, that. it's super cool. Because I don't know anyone else that does that. Like, just unless they're in a knuckle lock with someone, right? But he just literally, no assistance, runs across the top rope and kicks a guy. Um, we get... A, the kickout sends Dax and Phoenix into a, sorry, a kickout later sends Dax, um, no, Dax kicks out, sends Phoenix into a belt shot from Cash, who had grabbed the belt at ringside, right? And that was a really believable near, near fall by the Considering cheating. that's how they kind of won the titles. Exactly. And they're just cheaters. The, the triple A tag titles. Sorry. That's what they do. We get an assisted back suplex by FTR to counter a Phoenix cutter. Tully then a little bit later grabs Pentagon's foot taunting the three amigos attempted by Dax and the crowd is furious because it's a heel doing it so they don't really appreciate it but then that creates the opportunity for uh, Penta who the crowd does love he does hit the three amigos and then a frog splash immediately after by Phoenix gets a near fall we get a spike pile driver by FTR for a near fall after Dax flips Phoenix around remember it was like he kind of quickly grabbed him out of the corner and flipped him in position for the pile driver and we're like whoa that was yeah. cool um, and then we get a fear factor crossbody to both of FTR. So basically it sets up for the, it was the package pile driver, right? And then Phoenix comes off the top, stomps on that, and then springboards off that stomp to hit a crossbody to the other person. So that was a bit ridiculous as well. Only Phoenix really does stuff like this. Right. Then we get a killer bees <laughs> moment. I was telling you, I don't think you're familiar with them where FTR put on their, what was there? The well, Super Ranas. Right, the Super Ranas. They put on their Super Ranas mask and they sort of do a, uh, they're kind of doing like the twin magic kind of thing. The ref can't tell which is which. So I think it was Cash goes for a pinfall with his feet up on the ropes, but the ref catches him. And then the Lucha brothers just kind of suddenly hit their assisted pile driver for the win, kind of out of nowhere. Um, and that would be probably my only complaint about this match, I think. But I think it got hurt a little bit for me too by having to follow the blistering opener because the the crowd honestly took a while to get their energy back for this match because they were just already probably exhausted from that first match. But they did really start to uh, get back into this for the second half and beyond. Uh, I thought it was an excellent match, really picked up in the second half. My complaint is that the finish kind of felt disjointed to me. Like it didn't fit somehow it just I, I don't know what it was but it was I, I wasn't happy with the finish but not enough that it detracted too much from this match everything else up to that finish was pretty much fantastic really cool contrast in styles obviously you've got the high flyers and then the opposite of that in FTR we got a bunch of cool spots some believable near falls and another like really good um, baby face and heel dynamic right which is it just helps everything also without really knowing what the outcome was going to be I was I mean, we picked the Lucha Brothers, obviously, and we should revisit our picks, by the way. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't that confident oh, that they right. were going to win. Yeah. I thought everybody looked good in this. It's great, again, to see a company that loves and respects tag team wrestling. And at this point, I, I was saying we're two for two in standout matches because I thought this was awesome as well. You? Um, so we both picked the pre-show in the opener, right? So of we're course at we did. 2-2. Two, two. We're geniuses. 
me. Yeah, it would genius. So what did you think of this match? <laughs> um, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, like you said, I think the opener definitely does doesn't do this any favors. Right. But I thought like considering how um how they into it they were for the opener, they still held the energy pretty good, the crowd did. Yeah, they rebounded quickly. I think this was pretty good. I mean, I think there might have been like a slightly higher gear these teams could have gone into. Yeah. But I mean, maybe we do get a rematch after that finish. The finish was a little disjointed, but right. I mean, it was strange. I don't, to I don't me. mind it because I mean, it it serves a purpose. I assume it just felt like it didn't fit. Like you're taking a you're building a jigsaw puzzle and you're pounding a piece that doesn't actually fit in that spot into that spot. I don't even right. know what it was about it, but it just felt weird to me. Um, but otherwise yeah. great. But I thought there were some great near falls. I think um, a great like clash of styles. Yes. Um, both of these scenes are super talented. So it, it was good. I think it could have been a little better, but I thought it was pretty good. Yep. We then move on to the Eliminator Tournament final match, which has Daniel Bryan so far undefeated in AEW, Brian right? Bryan Danielson. Sorry, I even wrote Daniel Bryan. I saw. Some bad person. Uh, he's taking bad on man. the sort of dominant Miro who replaced uh, Moxley in this tournament after Moxley Don't sort you mean of left Rusev? For, <laughs> for rehab. Yeah, it's Daniel Bryan versus Rusev. No, it is not. <laughs> So this match already has stakes because it is for the Eliminator final, which gets you a title shot, right? But it's an interesting match by itself. And they sort of added to it that Danielson has never defeated Miro in any incarnation of either of their characters, right? Which Obviously. I don't remember any time they faced, but I assume they have. Otherwise, they wouldn't mention that. Well, I guess it's even if they hadn't faced, it's technically true. And it but then they could the... say Miro's never beaten Brian, I guess. But they only focus on what helps them, right? <laughs> I guess so. Um, so Danielson early on, takes a suicide dive but right into a big punch and then Miro suplexes him on the floor we get JR annoyed me a little bit here he's criticizing Aubrey's slow count because uh Danielson's out on the floor like one of those barely beating the count sort of thing so he's not happy with Aubrey's count I don't know why he never he, loves the he needs to he feels the need to point out like little non-realistic issues sometimes and I don't think it helps anything other than clearly it bothers him and he feels the need to point them out right but I, I kind of annoys me like we get it it's fine we're right. all and it's not that big of a deal no it's not uh, we get two running corner kicks by Danielson but Miro stays on his feet somehow counters the third attempt into a Samoan drop uh, didn't we catch sorry that uh, he made a Dan O'Brien mistake too oh he did yes right yes yeah. he did <laughs> I, I JR did saying, yes like you can take him out of WWE, but you can't yeah, take right. the WWE out of him. And he's like, I meant Brian Danielson. They're like, I, we know who you meant, kind of mm -hmm. thing. Uh, Danielson hits a running knee off the ring apron to the floor. I thought that was pretty nice, actually. It was. Miro counters a knee bar into a gut wrench suplex and just a nice show of strength there. Danielson then with some vicious knees and stomps. He has definitely kicked up the aggression since coming to AEW, which I think is awesome. And I think it's warranted against someone like Miro as well. It is. Uh, Miro does get the game over applied, but Danielson gets to the ropes and sort of escapes it, which was uh, a nice touch because not many people do, right? Generally, you get the game over and it's game over. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, we get the yes lock and a triangle choke that are both escaped by Miro. And the crowd is starting... Because I guarantee he's used those before, right? Yes. So. The crowd is starting to really get into this at this point. We get a really stiff kick exchange where it's about a three for one, right? Daniel's kicking Miro repeatedly and then Miro takes gives one kick and Daniel sort of falls down a couple times. Right. Then we get a DDT off the top and a guillotine applied by Danielson. And I think it was the ref stoppage and not Miro tapping. I couldn't quite see for sure, but I think it was just the referee stopping it, which helps keep Miro a little bit stronger too. If he didn't actually, it's the classic, like he wouldn't tap out, he passed out. <laughs> so Brian Danielson maintains his undefeated streak here in AEW. He wins the Eliminator but Tournament for long. and he gets a championship opportunity. 
So I thought this was a really good match uh, with Brian winning and targeting Miro's weak neck. They sort of talked about how both of them have their neck as a weak point, right? So um, I like that Brian's smart enough to go to a DDT and then a guillotine. So two moves in succession, both targeting sort of Miro's Achilles heel, if you will. Um, and I felt this match built as it went and both men sort of getting multiple chances to control the action. Really entertaining match with really different styles. Obviously, Miro is just a powerhouse and Brian is more the technical who's looking for whatever weakness and looking for mistakes to capitalize on. I thought Miro looked really strong in defeat, but I am wondering like where his story is going to go, right? Because he's been doing this whole dealing with his god thing and getting right. revenge. So I'm wondering where it's going to go from here because yeah. his god has still forsaken him, obviously. Um, And I believe we both called this one as well. We so, did. Um, uh, excellent match, though. What did you think of it? Um. Yes, we did. We did pick it, both yep. of us. Nice. Smart. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it was good too. I think uh, the kind of David Goliath uh, contrast was nice. Um, I think I like. I really like Brian's aggression. Like me too. Having to do that to take down Miron. I think the combination of the DET to target the neck and then the guillotine choke, which is just a very practical maneuver. Like yep. I think you can use that to take down anyone and yet reality. another new finishing move for brian right I, I don't think he's gone for that yet i don't think he has because i think the game is to be like he's going for something else each time i think that is the deal. point right now yeah right because they're saying like um you when he did the triangle that um like he did that to it was kingston right and yes he like elbowed him a bunch yep and it's that cool like he's such a technician that he has a million possible ways to beat you whatever right. you leave exposed he can take advantage and of. miro still looked great which i think is important here because he uh, miro definitely like he wasn't supposed to be here but i think this still helped him a bit and they were put in a tough spot because they had to replace moxley and i guess because miro the story they went with was he's the highest rated person not in the tournament right i think is what they said right so they put him in there which, but considering like 10 is in the tournament that's kind of sad right yeah that's a good point so they they had to keep him strong because they have been uh presenting him so strongly lately and I, I think they did a decent job of that here so the next match we get into is the super click which is going to be the young bucks and adam cole taking on jurassic express which is luchasaurus and jungle boy pairing up or partnering up i guess not pairing partnering up with christian for this match and I, this one started out really fast right away uh, we get not too far in, and Jungle Boy throws a chair into Adam's Cole's face because this is what what do they call it? Falls count anywhere. Falls count anywhere. I was gonna say no DQ, but it is falls count anywhere. So Jungle Boy then counters some Bucks double teaming, ends up sitting in a chair in the middle of the <laughs> ring, like looking cool. We get an inverted DDT to Cole on a chair. Um, Luchasaurus German suplex to both Bucks at the same time. We get some trash can shots involved to Luchasaurus and other people later. Then um, Jungle Boy goes for his triple suicide dive, but the third one ends up being sort of a trash can put in front of him, so he dives into a trash can. Adam Cole's kicked in the head, and then they hit like the skull-crushing finale on a chair by Jurassic Express. Cole then, after that point, is just a bloody mess from here on out. He takes uh, a Jungle Boy Hurricane Rana off the apron through a table, which was pretty nice. And then Matt Jackson hits a top rope elbow drop to Luchasaurus, who's on another part on the floor on a table. So elbow drop through the table. Um, Christian then, I don't know if it's up on the balcony or he was up on the concourse or whatever it's called. I put in brackets jumps because he sort of just falls from above onto Nick yeah, Jackson. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think I missed it, but like I know he was jumping from like, I guess it's it like wasn't some, that impressive. Like honestly. A really, it's one of those things they always do in like. It was a, a controlled fall right. onto people beneath him, basically. But it's fine. The crowd seemed to like it. 
Cole then hits like a wheelbarrow slam onto uh, the apron, which looked pretty good. And there's so then we get the Young Bucks get out a bag of tacks. They put tacks in Jungle Boy's mouth uh, as he's being held by Adam Cole. And then they do their thing where they run the ropes a thousand times, stop to kiss Adam Cole on the cheek, and super kick Jungle Boy in the face with the tacks in his mouth. Right, and I'm just like, that's so mean. Like, I don't know why he would do that to himself. Yeah, I would not sign up for that treatment. But anyways, we get a tornado DDT to Nick Jackson onto a ladder that looked pretty good. Adam Cole gets slammed into a ladder Although by... Although it did look... It was Christian hit the DDT, right? Because... Um, like, he kind of his feet off of the ladder first, yes. didn't he? But, like, I think the DET, um still connected nicely. It did. Um, yeah, oh, that's right. He, I thought he might have hurt his leg on that because he kind of got his leg in the ladder as well, right? Um, Cole gets slammed onto a ladder by Luchasaurus, and then Nick does as well. Everybody's sort of on the ramp fighting. It leads to Christian running into a Cole super kick, and Matt Jackson jumps off the ramp onto Luchasaurus below. Cole then hits a Panama Sunrise to Jungle Boy off the scaffolding onto the ramp, which was pretty cool. And then we get super kicks for all of the baby faces on the ramp. And Cole gets uh, pulls out a thumbtack knee pads and hands one to the super click and keeps one for himself. Or sorry, to the Young Bucks, I guess. And we get a BTE trigger with the thumbtack knee pads to Luchasaurus. That was so just... Oh my god. That Jungle Boy has magically made the recovery and breaks up the pinfall on the ramp. Luchasaurus then does a shooting star off the ramp onto people beneath, which was pretty impressive because he is a huge man. And I was worried he would under-rotate, but he, he did not. It was very he, cool. No, he nailed it. Yep. Christian sets up to concerto Matt Jackson on the ramp, but Jungle Boy sort of emerges and he asks if he can do the honors. He... He does, and he ends up pinning Matt Jackson for the win here in this pretty crazy match. Uh, I thought this was a really good match. Maybe not as strong as a couple others on this card, but a nice change of pace from Beats the first the three. other no DQ tag. <laughs> right? This was your sort of weapons and spot fest sort of match coming up after a couple that weren't quite that way. Um, pretty much nonstop action from the opening bell. And for me, extreme rules are not always my cup of tea, but the way these guys used these standard objects, right? Because at the end of the day... count anywhere. Sorry. At the end of the day, it's really just tables, chairs, trash cans, they're used ladders, right? Like nothing really out of the ordinary, but the way that they use them is impressive, right? And the spots look painful and interesting. So I know people are going to complain about this as a spot fest for sure, but I have room for matches like this, especially on a pay-per-view where there's going to be other technical matches, right? Like this just followed a, a Brian Danielson match. So I don't mind. It's not like the card is full of these no DQ spot fests, right? So I think there's room for this. I thought this was a really fun match. Probably my least favorite match of the show to this point. But I still would say that I really like this match because there's nothing that was terrible on this show. Not to spoil anything. But what did you think of it? Um, Yeah, I thought this was pretty good. I think um the plunder was... Well done, like all of the weapon involved moves. I liked the thumbtacks stuff, whether it was the super kicking with thumbtacks in his mouth or the triple BT trigger. Yep. Uh, Luchasaurus shooting star press was nice. I think a lot of the way they used the stuff was pretty great, like you said. Yes. Um, uh, It was a bit of a spot fest, but I think it, it was good. Like, I don't think you could expect much different. And if you paid for or watching an AEW pay-per-view and you're angered by a spot fest like what are you doing why are here? you paying for why do, why are you here right yeah. um but I thought it was great um yeah I I'm not sure if I like this better or the tag title match but um I like it's the tag still title match it's still better. really good yep uh we then go back to another tag team match which is a lot of tag team wrestling involves three of my favorites right now which is 
Cody, not one of the three favorites, but he's fine. And Pac taking on uh, Malachi Black. I almost called him Alistair. I'm having like wow. flashbacks to WWE. And Andrade. So this one, um, sort of, this match was made kind of late in the game, right? It's just they've sort of been partnered up and put in this match here. So uh, Pac and Cody, basically, it's a little bit of neither tag team is super happy with their own partners, right? In this one, there's a little bit of... Um, blind tags and violent tags sort of things happening which mostly, is fine mostly on the um uh, baby face side but though. a little bit on both sides to be honest yeah but i i found that like they kind of sorted out their yeah. stuff at least uh, towards the end like i feel like i found that the miscommunication between the heels uh didn't last super long no uh at one point cody hits a suicide dive to jose because what's his last name i forget uh who the the guy that accompanies Jose uh, Andrade, yeah. Jose. He doesn't have a last name. Didn't give him one. Oh, so anyways, he because he got involved, so Cody hits him with a suicide dive. Then we get a Cody cutter to pack a bit later. Asai moonsault by pack. Uh, Arn and then fights Jose up the ramp to sort of take them out of the picture. I guess we get a really nice torneo from the second rope out to the floor by Andrade. For a man his size, he is very graceful. Andrade suplexes Pack into some uh, into the turnbuckles and then hits a split-legged moonsault. Cody is not there when Pack needs to make a tag, so Pack is a little bit angry at this point. We get a pendulum. I mean, he is a bastard. He is. We get a pendulum DDT to Pack on the apron by Andrade that looked pretty good. Uh, Cody then gets a hot tag and it leads to an inverted suplex off the top to Andrade. The crowd boos a Cody figure four to Andrade, which I thought was funny. Pac makes a blind tag, hits a 450 to Andrade as he's in Cody's figure four that looked pretty cool. We get Pac goes for a Fosbury flop, but I think they pulled Cody in front, right? So he ends right. up hitting Cody by accident. We get an awesome running boot by Black that sends Cody over the barricade into the crowd. Then a nice poison Rana by Pac to Andrade. And he sets up and we finally get it. He hits the beautiful Black Arrow to pick up the win here. Cash Wheeler immediately attacks Pac after the match, and we are told that Pinnacle sold FTR to, to Andrade for two weeks, which was just kind of tacked on there, right? A little I bit think you could just say FTR with him now. But maybe that's what they're doing, right? Getting them away from Pinnacle, which I'm fine with. Um, so I really enjoyed this match as well. It's kind of going to be repetitive for me on this show for a lot of it, but I think it was a level below the four matches that came before this, but that's not to say that this wasn't a good pay-per-view match, because I think it was. The pace for this was much more deliberate than the match before. It would pretty much have to be, because the one before this was pretty crazy. But there was some terrific wrestling going on within this match. I think Pac and Andrade, at this point, we can confirm, they just have amazing chemistry together. And I was really enjoying the action between Black and Pac, because I haven't really seen that before, I don't think. So um, that was cool to see. Cody seemed... Correction, we actually may have seen that once before on one of those UK things, uh, yes. Neville versus Tommy End, actually. Yeah, that's probably true. So I don't know why I remember that. Um, Cody seemed to be the one showcased the least here. Could be just that's me, good. but I'm okay with that too. And my one issue, though, I have no problem with Andrade hiring people. I kind of like that, right? Like the new school million dollar man or something like that. He can just pay people to be his goons. But I hate that they chose to describe it as he bought FTR. Because does FTR seem like the type of guys that would allow themselves to be bought and sold, right? right? Like, I don't like how that makes things look. Why not just say that they're being paid by Andrade directly? 
and then either MJF doesn't care, he's fine with it because he's not using them, or you could have that really annoy MJF and they could use that tension, right, and in the future for some kind of interesting story. But the fact that, like, FTR are just the property of MJF and he can just rent them out or sell them, right. I thought was not cool because FTR, that doesn't fit their character, they would not stand for that, right? But if it was just, like, Andrade's paying them directly... That would make sense to me. But anyways, really like the match. I'm just nitpicking the storyline a bit. What did you think of this one? Um, I, th- I thought it was pretty good, too. I mean, usually I don't love, like, a couple tag teams, but that's more so when it's, like, tag title contention yeah. or long run-ish. So I thought, I think Cody and Pac, like, it made sense. And I think the uh, little bits of dissolution between um, Andrade and Black, like, that makes sense because they're not, like, legitimately and, and a Pac's team And a bastard. Yet. Right. And so I think, like... But generally, Black and Andrade work together because, like, they are pretty much on the same page. Right. And I agree. I like I like seeing Black versus Pack because that's the combination we haven't really gotten yet. I would love to see them in a singles program. Right. Even. We have seen Andrade versus uh, Cody. We've definitely seen Black versus Cody, and we know we've seen Andrade versus Pack. So yes. that's kind of the only combination left. Although I can see this ending after this, but I can also see it continuing. I think this is pretty good, but um, I feel like it could have been a little better. Yeah. I, but I, I I really liked it still. Yeah, I thought it was good, but not up to the matches before. But this show was just loaded with quality stuff. Uh, we then move into the only women's match on this main show, which is for the AEW Women's Championship. And that is the champion, Britt Baker. Um, she's accompanied by Hater and Reba were there, right? I think both of yes. them. Yes. And Tay Conti, Ty Conti, gu- sorry. And the guitarist from Fozzy. Ty Conti, who came alone uh, for this. No Anna J, right? <laughs> oh, yes. So Britt Baker did have her theme played live, right? A little bit. Yeah, so it, it was okay. I don't know. You okay over there? <laughs> yes. We need a cough button on your microphone. But anyways, uh, so this match... Again, we we pretty much knew the outcome of this one. There's there's almost no universe where Ty Conti at this point is defeating Britt Baker, but we'll see where it goes. Conti starts out early on with some judo throws that are countered with a simple kick to the stomach, which I thought was cool. You've got her doing this technical stuff, and then Britt just like kicks her in the stomach to stop her, which was kind of funny. Butterfly suplex by Baker, fisherman's neckbreaker by Baker. We get three running pump kicks to Baker and a top rope crossbody for two by Conti. We get a leaping kick to the head, a German suplex by Conti for another near fall, neckbreaker out of the corner by Baker, curb stomp by Baker, and she gets her glove from a very excited Reba, but Baker then turns around right into a stunner from Conti for another near fall. We get a really nasty looking air raid crash to Tay Conti on the ring apron. It looked very painful. Yeah, that was nice. We get a tie KO for a two count and the crowd is now coming to life as we're getting some sustained offense here from Ty Conti. We get a gotch pile driver by Conti that surprised me. I thought that was me. interesting because she went for that more than once, which I yes. thought was kind of weird. And I, I was not expecting it. Rebel a little bit later distracts the referee and Jamie Hayter runs Conti into the ring steps to sort of kill her momentum. We get a curb stomp, but Conti still manages to avoid the lockjaw. Moonsault to the floor by Conti. DD tie for a near fall by Conti. Um, Britt then counters another DD tie attempt into the lockjaw, but Conti is able to roll through. So Baker counters that roll through into a roll up and picks up the pinfall win here. Um, I was pretty impressed with this match. I thought it was really good. It made Conti look like a star of the near future, right? Like maybe not at this minute. She gave 
Also, it gives Baker a quality title defense on a major pay-per-view that she sort of needs. And I'm really happy for Conti, even in a loss here. It was exactly what we said it kind of needed to be for her, right? A way for her to show that she can hang and that she's capable of being a top-tier competitor in the division. And I think that we got that. I, th I didn't really see any sloppiness or anything awkward. Um, her offense looked really good. I think her kicks specifically look really strong. And then she showcased some other things I hadn't seen her do before. This match got a fair bit of time, and I didn't think there were any lulls, no glaring issues in Conti's first major opportunity in a really big match, right? And Britt Baker continues to just be an amazing heel champion in the face of this division 100%. I really enjoyed the match. I don't think it was like a four-star match or anything, but I, I would say it was like a three-and-a-half star. I was really impressed with Conti, and I thought it was a, a good match. You? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, too. Um, I think Conti got in some good offense in... Uh, I think Baker, I think I really like that apron move she hit. Yes. Um, I think this was the perfect match for Conti to throw her hat in the name or her throw her name in the hat. What? Hat in the ring. Hat in the ring. Yeah. There you go. Um, like for title contention. Right. So I, I, think, I think she's a good choice to, if they want to loop back around on her. Like and if she, keeps, if she keeps progressing the way she is, right, give her another two, three months if she's a little bit better even because she's gotten so much better. Right. So, right? so if she I, I keeps that going. She could be great, awesome. Uh, first try for her me too i thought it was really good uh we then go to another singles match and it is cm punk taking on eddie kingston i've absolutely loved the really simple build to this it just stemmed from eddie kingston in interrupting a cm punk promo and then it sort of escalated from there there was an amazing segment on rampage where they interacted and basically it felt super real just about um punk feeling that kingston's a waste of potential and basically a bum and sort of Eddie Kingston thinking that CM Punk's a narcissist and a manipulator and et cetera, et cetera. It's funny because Eddie Kingston sort of um, feels about CM Punk the way I do. You know what I mean? Like, I think that Punk is an intelligent, very intelligent, savvy person who is always aware of what he is saying and is always aware that cameras are on and is a master manipulator. So I kind of feel I'm on Eddie Kingston's side in this one. But anyways, the match starts... We get an immediate hurricane by Eddie um, attempt, and then he sort of bites on uh, Punk's head and hits a headbutt as the crowd is already, like, right away, they are super invested in this match. We get an exploder suplex by Kingston. Punk is then bleeding after some action out on the floor. We get a diving clothesline off the apron by Punk. Uh, and then Punk does a Cena imitation, right? He does the, what's the first move where he does the sit-out slam before the five-knuckle shuffle? Uh the f moves of doom yes he hits like not the i don't think he did the shoulder tackles but he did the sit out slam and then he started to look like he was going to do the five knuckle shuffle but i think he gave the middle finger instead um and then he we get another homage to eddie uh guerrero here as punk does the three amigos himself eddie then fires up almost passes out after delivering a flurry of strikes which i thought was a really nice touch too he basically um is just exhausted after just wailing on uh, CM Punk for a little bit here. We then get a superplex by Kingston after he recovers from his exhaustion. Then a really bitter, stiff strike exchange. But Eddie Kingston is just defiant here. He taunts CM Punk, and Punk hits the GTS, but after all the damage he's taken, he just can't quite get over to the cover for this one. And then he, a little bit later, hits a second GTS, and that is definitely enough to keep Kingston down. CM Punk gets the win in this. Punk, after the match, wants to shake hands with Kingston, but Kingston refuses and sort of staggers his way up the ramp. Um, this match didn't get as much time as some of the other ones, but it was a really intense physical battle with some really good selling. 
Eddie Kingston is just the master of creating drama. Uh, and he just has this special connection with I the crowd. I even liked him busting open punk. I think that was a nice touch. Yep. And he just, the crowd just loves this guy. <laughs> even as uh, taking on CM Punk, right? They still love Eddie. Punk winning this was no surprise. We both picked this one as well. Yep. But Eddie Kingston made the most of his opportunity. And he, losses do not hurt this guy whatsoever. He's already the underdog. So losses just sort of accentuate that part of his character, right? And it did take two GTSs to beat him. So that's keeping him looking kind of strong, I guess. I don't think this was a masterpiece, but I thought this was a really good match as well. I quite liked it. What about you? Yeah, I thought it was really nice, like another slugfest kind of match for yeah. Kingston. But I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. Um, I like Pink's, Kingston like going after Punk to like me- make him bleed and whatnot, because like that did drive home like Kingston's mission was to beat Punk up and yes. not win, which yes. did happen right. here. And I like two GTSs, like that really helps Kingston. They're like really putting him away. Yep. Uh, we then move into, I don't think you disagree with me, the low point of this show, um, both in build leading up to it and sort of in, in execution. execution. Yeah. Yes. So that is the multi-man match between the Inner Circle and America's top team. Um, will you run down which were the members for each team? Because I didn't write it down um, and I needed a break for a second. Men of the Year, uh, Stupid Dan Lambert, um, Junior Dos Santos, and... I want to say it was Andre Orlovsky, but yeah. I don't know what it is. Orlovsky, anyways, whatever Orlovsky. it is. And for Inner Circle? Uh, the entire group. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, so I'd kind of forgotten about this match at this point in the show, and then I was, my instinct was to be a little bit disappointed when <laughs> it was I funny. was funny. I was like, um, I think it was during the women's match. I was like... It was. So I knew I knew there was the two matches left. I knew there was this and the main event left. I was like, I feel like I'm forgetting something. I was like, oh, Punk Kingston. Right. Um, so the build to this match has been a big miss for me. It's been a regular segment on Dynamite that I have not enjoyed. Yeah, um, it's one of the rare misses. We've we've said that before. Yes. Uh, so I. So one of my smart alecky comments is: I know that in every multi man street fight I've been in in my lifetime, we patiently waited for our right. turn. They started out with like it starts out as a normal tag match, which really a confused me, b annoyed me. Right. Because like. Hey, like, that's just not a street fight. It's working. It's a street like, fight, but we're going to have regular and, tags. And why would you even want to or feel required to abide to the rules? Right, because there is no reason to, right? Like, you even if you're get... not legal, just why don't you just interfere right away and attack the other person? Like, right. what's stopping you? So that seemed a bit silly that they were actually honoring the tags oh, and stuff Oh, that reminds me. Another this. thing that annoyed me is Christian and Jungle Boy, I think even Luchasaurus, were street gear in the false camera match you know this is the street fight right so but this is supposed like, to be the street gear and inner circle had sort of they always have themed gear in their um group matches right so it was like camo and black i think this this time they all had similar stuff on for this one as well they tend to do matching stuff uh anyways right so scorpio sky takes a vertical suplex uh in this one after he's handed between ortiz so he starts the vertical suplex hands him to hager who finishes it Orlovsky hits a Samoan drop to Hager as some of the MMA guys tried a couple moves here. DeSantos hits a power slam and then a delayed vertical with a standing moonsault that wasn't the cleanest standing moonsault, but full marks for doing a standing moonsault as a non-wrestler. Right. Uh, things then break down. <clears throat> Lambert's left all alone with the inner circle, obviously, and he's basically that had to happen. hysterical and overreacting as he tends to do. Um, then we get some introduction of some non-standard weapons as Ethan Page hits Jericho with the hockey stick 
Hager jumps off the top Wait, rope. I thought this was a Minneapolis street fight, not a Canadian street fight. Ha, stereotypes. Minneapolis love the hockey too, though. Minnesota's big for hockey, so it's mm. acceptable. Hager jumps off the top rope onto everybody on the floor. We get all kinds of foreign objects now. We're outside the ring. Um, Paige is in a garbage can getting kicked by Santana and Ortiz, and then they, they hit it with a hockey stick in a pretty standard spot at this point. I've seen it a lot. Double submission. Yeah, you hit the traction and something else. Remember in the light dough match, just yes. Um, Kingston just obliterated Archer's yes. head in the trash can with a, uh, kendo stick. Yes, which now that Archer's out with a concussion sounds even worse. But we get a double submission applied by Santana and Ortiz to both of the men of the year, and then Hager hits guys with a toaster. Jericho hits people with a water ski. We get a double springboard cutter by Sammy to Santana and Ortiz. Dos Santos gets uh, superplexed by, or was it superplexed? I think it was, by Santana and Ortiz. Yes, it was. I was going to say I don't remember, but then as you said it was them, I remember. In one of the miscommunications in this, Ortiz has to like help position one of the MMA guys. I forget who it was, because he's like holding Ortiz, and Ortiz is like tapping him and telling him he needs to move back further from the corner. He does. Because um, he has no idea where to be or how to time what's going on here. So Ortiz is clearly helping him out. Sammy hits a senton off of a... That was a huge ladder, man. Yeah. Huge ladder. So he sets it up on the floor. Jeff Hardy. Hits a senton and crashes uh, Ethan Page through a table. We get an ego's edge to Ortiz on the floor that looked pretty good. It's basically the border toss that Hernandez does or... um, What do you call it? The razor's edge. He sort of chucks you, though. Puts you in a razor's edge and throws you. And then Baron Von Raschke, who they had shown us, crucifix. had shown us was in the crowd earlier. They acknowledged him there. I only know him because uh, Encyclopedia. He puts the claw on Ethan Page. Um, then Ortiz uses a security guard to get on all fours and hits a diving somersault over the barricade to somebody. I forget who it was. Jericho is then supposed to have his lion salt interrupted by Dos Santos. This, was, this part made me laugh. But Dos Santos is nowhere to be found. So Jericho is literally standing on the second rope as instead of springboarding off of it and calling Dos Santos over. You can hear him Junior. calling him over to get in position for that. Uh, Jericho then gets a kendo stick and takes some shots at Lambert and then gets out a stapler and staples Lambert's balls in theory. And then basically we get a frog splash to Lambert from Jericho, which actually looked pretty good for a, a man of advanced age. And he pins, yeah, I was expecting that to suck. He pins Lambert, and this match is over. Um, I mean, lots of stuff happened, but I just thought this was okay. And I even heard you say it as we were watching it. It was kind of boring in stretches, right? I heard you say, this is boring yeah. at some point in this it. This is the one where my attention started to wane a wane bit. Wane a bit. So, yeah, because it was a lot of basic brawling and hitting each other with stuff for too long out on the floor for a very long stretch here. The MMA guys sort of disappeared, right? They were not involved for long stretches of this, nowhere to be seen even, which I, it makes sense because they don't know how to wrestle, but like it makes them look kind of silly because they just weren't involved in this. The MMA guys hit a couple of moves early on that didn't look terrible, and then they threw what they usually do, which is terrible worked punches because they're used to punching with the intent to actually kill you, right? right. So sometimes so they struggle. Works. I mean, and the, you either they either look good or they look like Shane McMahon. Yep. And they clearly needed to be directed and coached like in real time as the match was happening, which is not what I want to see on a pay-per-view from a major wrestling company. Um, this was more of the no DQ action that I don't care for, right? So this was like, I've got a water ski and a hockey stick and a toaster and I'm just going to hit you with it. Isn't that funny and cool? 
Whereas to, con to contrast that, the super click match was more like, watch me do a crazy move onto this ladder or chair, like something that most people could never do. Whereas hitting someone with a toaster and like a is very easy. knee pads, which right. is like something weird. So this was not creative use of stuff. It was just like, here's a funny it's object what I expected, and I'm going to hit you. It was, it was a lot of mindless plunder. Yes. Uh, so that is not as fun for me to watch as the stuff we saw in the super click match. I had pretty low expectations on this one. It mostly delivered like, do I think it was a bad match? Almost, maybe not quite, <laughs> but I don't think it was good either. The low point of the show for me, I, I was not, it did not hold my interest. I'll put it that way. You? Yeah, I, it definitely didn't hold my interest. I already mentioned that, but like, it was just, like I said, it was just kind of mindless plunder. Um, it involves like a bunch of guys who... Sorry, um, are not on the roster and aren't even experienced in this. Not yes. even like a forbidden door kind of thing. No, it's just not like it just wasn't great. And some of the weapon stuff was kind of dumb, like you said. And I don't know, there just wasn't enough here. And it just, it just like doesn't fit in here. Like I think it was the misstep of the show. And we just want this to end. Hopefully, this was the result I was hoping in. I don't and I see hope any ne need for continuation. No, Lambert took the pin. He can Other than away. Men of the Year versus Proud and Powerful, I will take that. So then the only like there was obviously promo pa or um, review packages and things leading into some of these matches that I didn't cover. The only thing I will cover here is because it's kind of a new arrival is that Tony Schiavone's on the ramp and he introduces a new signing for AEW and that is. Jay Lethal from Ring of Honor, as Ring of Honor is about to go on hiatus at least and maybe be gone forever, who knows. Um, so he is going to be in AEW now. I am not personally a big fan of Jay Lethal. He's yeah, still capable. I, I, of... I didn't really care about this. No, uh, he may have some cool <laughs> matches, and it looks like based on this interaction, he's going to be facing Sammy on Wednesday, right? In his first match, I think. Right. This, like, I've seen a lot of people, like, being like, oh my gosh, Jay Lethal. And I'm just like, I don't really care. Like, I've I never really watched our way that much, so that might be part of it. He's, but... he's good in ring. I just find his character work and acting is really, I find him, I'm very aware that he is acting at all times. It kind of bugs me. But anyways, he'll, he'll have some good matches, I'm sure. Um, and so we now go to the main event, which is Hangman Adam Page challenging Kenny Omega for the AEW championship, a story that has been sort of beautifully drawn out for how long, would you say? Oh, I would like... Over a year? I would say almost two years. Right. So just really skillfully done, just slowly, you know, Paige is the reluctant hero, full of self-doubt, and Omega's trying to prey on that. And then Paige has now sort of gone away and come back more confident. He won't give in to Omega's mind games, even though Omega tries at every turn to sort of get inside Paige's head. So it's this idea that Paige is finally ready to take that step and become the champion. And Omega's doing everything he can to retain that belt. And again, an amazing baby face. Everybody loves Hangman Adam Page yep. against just a fantastic heel. This is what... Dyna or dynamite what aew keeps getting right is they build strong characters and then you care about the match it's amazing how that works right i have been looking forward to this for a, a while yes um so this one right away has a big fight feel the crowd is energized everybody's into this right away page dominates early with some aggressive strikes and a corner clothesline before don Callis, who returned on uh, dynamite this week he grabs hangman's foot briefly so that allows omega to take over off of that distraction we get a slingshot crossbody by page to omega on the floor a bit later page suplexes omega on the floor to follow up Callis stomps up page on the floor omega slows the pace down for a little while here in the middle of this we get a hurricane rana followed by the terminator dive from omega Page gets his knees up on an Omega Moonsault, and Omega runs into a big boot from the Hangman. 
I get a fallaway slam, kip up by Paige, who looks super intense now. He hits a suicide dive and a huge moonsault off the top to the floor. We get a brain buster by Paige, a springboard Liger bomb out of the corner by Omega that looked pretty awesome, That's I thought. That's very nice. Snap it was like kind of a sunset flip from the side. Yeah. Uh, Snapdragon by Omega, then another one. Snapdragon on the apron now by Omega, then a V-trigger as he is just laying in the offense on Paige at this point. We get a release German by Paige with a really dangerous landing. Omega landed pretty high on this one. It looked awesome. We then get a Tiger Driver by Omega that looked good. Avalanche Moonsault Slam, I guess, by Adam Page, which is just really impressive for a guy of his size and a guy of Omega's size to be able to pull that off. Hangman then rips the camera off the top of the ring post because he needs that to get his footing, uses it to jump from the ring post, hits a flying clothesline to Omega who crashes through a table that's at ringside. Omega, a little bit later, can sort of sense the buckshot coming, so he drops to his knees to avoid it. We get a pop-up powerbomb by Page. But Which the... I feel like I haven't seen him do that in a bit. I no, mean, I to be fair, so I haven't seen him wrestle in a while. Pulling out all the, the stops. ladder match, but... The ref ends up taking the buckshot as Kenny Omega pulls him in front. So we have the ref is out. Callus ends up getting punched out by Paige. Paige then in turn avoids a belt shot from Omega and hits a dead eye. Aubrey Edwards runs down to make the count as the original ref is still out, but it's only a two count for a near fall that the crowd really reacted to. We then go back and forth between the two with knees, V-triggers, discus elbows, Kawada kicks by Omega. The Young Bucks then head to the ring, right? And... This is basically because, obviously, they were all once a team, and Paige spoke to them, right, and said that if they got involved, what was he, he was going to make their lives hell, or something strongly worded like that, basically. Um, so the Bucks are there, sort of selling their indecision. Are they going to help uh, Kenny Omega? Are they going to help Paige? Are they just going to not get involved at all? Right. Um, we then get a backdrop driver by Omega, but Paige pops right back up and hits one of his own. The Buckshot is countered into a nice looking v trigger but page reverses the one winged angel for a near fall a nice victory roll it's pretty smooth it was we get a buck shot to the back and then a second one to the front and the bucks sort of simply make eye contact with them for a second and just kind of nod at page and hangman adam page i thought matt looked really good too he's just like it's like they knew that this was like it and yes. i thought i thought that was really smooth so page does pin kenny omega after the two buckshot lariats and he becomes the new aew world champion and the crowd goes bananas the dark order come to the ramp page beckons them to get into the ring with him they do they all celebrate and hug each other etc etc and we have a new champion to end this show the first 10 minutes of this was pretty standard stuff as it was just kind of building. Not that it was bad. I don't mean standard in a bad way. But then things picked up considerably, I thought. Really physical back and forth match. I thought the match was very good, but it's not my match of the night, to be honest. I would say that still goes to the opener for me. This had some crazy high impact stuff. But the I don't know, the finish and the celebration afterward were not totally satisfying for me. I don't know quite what it is. We need. I think we need more. And you, and you didn't celebrate quite as much as I thought you would because you were determined we were going to stay up and watch this right to the end because you wanted to see this. I was also really adamant I think they should have done the one-winged angel kick out. I yes. think that would have been so 
Cool. And I'm kind of making it sound like this wasn't a good match, but it definitely was a very good sh- to great match. I think match. it was very good, too, but I still think this should have gotten more time. I do, too. I think they, this had epic match potential. I do, too. And maybe that's on me for expecting that too much. Maybe I built this up in my head too much, but... Maybe they know there's going to be a rematch, and these guys are saving something, right? They're maybe, capable of maybe that, Maybe I, I trust that this will be revisited at some point in time, maybe yep. after... Uh, the Danielson match, which that should be epic too. Yeah. Um, but I thought this was really good. I mean, it was the culmination of the storyline, at least for the time being, and I think it it delivered on that pretty well. Yeah, I I think the opener was a significantly better, but this was still a very good main event. Like nothing to be disappointed about. I don't think a fitting end to Omega's impressive run, and like the culmination of a really long, very good storyline. We got the payoff we wanted, right? The crowd can go home happy, um, saying they kind of got what they wanted here. Um, overall thoughts on this. Did you want to go first? Um, sure. Thoughts and a letter so, grade? I, I thought the opener was awesome. I think that was, um, that was really good. Um, it, it was better than I think we were both expecting. So that, that's always better, right? Yep. Uh, the tag title match was pretty good. I mean, little messy finish aside, it was good. Uh, the Eliminator final was awesome. Uh, great styles clash. Uh, the Falls Canary match was fun as well. And the, they should take taken notes for the... To tweak the other one, I guess. Yeah. But I think I think that was good. I mean, I would have gone the other way in terms of result, but that's okay. Um, the um Cody Pack Black Andrade tag match was pretty good too. Um, I think it could have been better, but I think I don't think anything was like really bad here. I think um a lot of the matches were really good actually, yep. and um I just saw like uh place rank all of these. Uh, all the pay-per-views yep. for EW, and this is like already among the top. So that, I think that's pretty good, and I think it's fair. Uh, Baker versus Conti is pretty good, and a great like introduction to the main title scene for Conti. I think that Agreed. they did that she well. She passed the test, right? Exactly. Yep. yep. Punk versus Kingston was probably the shortest match, but a really a, good, a, a still a good one. Yes. Yep. Um. Then we the the Minneapolis Street Fight was a misstep for me. The only one here though, so I think that's that's okay. Um, and then the main event was awesome. It's, I've been waiting on this for a while and it, it was awesome. And Hangman getting his moment was cool. And while I, I think we should get a big celebration, maybe we're saving that for a dynamite segment. Could be. Right. Yeah, you're so right. So I, I, I really think that, um, it was still good and I hope that we get another match because A, now they're tied and B, I think they can definitely do better. Yep. Um, if I had to give it a grade, I would give it like. I would give it an A. I yeah. think it was really good. The only, there was only like one misstep, and it wasn't like terrible. No, I agree. It wasn't um, the worst match. wasn't terrible. I agree. So I thought this overall just a fantastic pay per view from AEW. That's two in a row, right? That have just been top to bottom, pretty amazing. Uh, the worst thing on the show that you're saying was the Inner Circle America's Top Team match, and it wasn't horrible. Just boring compared to everything else that was on this show. The opener, again, my match of the night, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And the next three matches were all excellent. Things slowed down a little bit, but again, still really good. Andrade, Black, Cody, and Pac match and the women's title, both really good matches, just not quite as amazing as the ones before it. The main event was also excellent, but I had expected just a little bit more, which again, like you're saying, might have been unfair, but it was an excellent match as well. Nothing to really complain too much about. Uh, just an amazing show from top to bottom and it gets an easy a for me like close to an a plus if the inner circle match was a little bit better and the women's match was more of like a blow away match it would have been an a plus even but an a as it is now i paid 50 dollars for this show and i easily feel like i got my money's worth like i have zero complaints 
Um, we got... And I think All Out, um, the last pay review was also really good. Yes, so I think it was. they're on a roll. I mean, they don't have many of these, so they really do have to deliver. They just build stories better. They have better characters. They have better in ring action. Right. right? And I think that's the benefit anywhere. of not having so many pay reviews. WWE has to punt, uh, punt 100%. put one out. Like They're not special. They have to pump them out every month, other than yes. WrestleMania, because that, that goes without saying. No, and but it like... forces you to like <laughs> compress storylines and speed them up because, like, oh, we've got to pay that off next month. Right. Whereas AEW can be like, we can wait three months to or pay like, this off. Or like, guys can have a trilogy in the span of three months right. because there's three pay-per-views. Right. But I think AEW's pay-per-views, they all mean something. They're all special because you only get four. You get one essentially every like yeah. quarter of the year. So I think I think they, they usually deliver. Yeah, it was, uh, we got some excellent wrestling, the crowning of a new champion and probably a new direction for the company with Paige as the uh, face of the company. I thought this was a great job by AEW top to bottom great show and an easy a from me do you want to revisit our picks officially i know we yes, talked about um, them along the way but let's I, see what i happens. think i missed some anyway so yeah let's do that yep so i'm just gonna go in order of the the table just because that's a little easier for me yep um so for the pre-show we both got that right which was the baby faces sheeta and rosa so that's one one and then uh pack and cody versus black and andrade i got that right you did not so that's two one me uh super click uh, versus Christian in Jurassic Express. We both got that wrong, so it's still 2-1 me. Uh, we both picked MJF, so that is 3-2 me. Yep. Uh, we both picked the Inner Circle, 4-3 uh, me. Uh, we both picked CM Punk, 5-4 uh, me. 6-5 uh, uh, me for... We both picked Lucha Bros. 7-6 uh, me. We so both picked win. Britt Baker. We both picked Brian Danielson, and we both picked Hangman Page. But the main takeaway here is I was more right. So sorry, which was which match was the difference for the us? The tag match with the um, Black and Andrade and the other right. two. So great job, you win again. I think you won last time too, but I'll have to I, step up my game. I don't remember. Yeah, you you suck either. at these ones. But anyways, I think that's gonna bring us to the end of this review and this podcast episode. I will be back either tonight or tomorrow i have watched ring of honor from this week and i've got my notes ready to go i just got to find time to sit down and review it so i'll probably do that tomorrow i don't think i'll do another one tonight but uh if you enjoyed this podcast or didn't we'd love to hear feedback either way or if you just want to tell us what you thought of this pay-per-view as well if you have any uh, if you want to agree with us disagree with us either way let us know we'll get back to you maybe even mention you on a future episode but that being said i think we'll get out of here Thanks to anyone who listened to any of this, and we hope to see you again soon. And until then, take care.